Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome to a new episode of Mobility and Inclusion. I am Harut Markarian, and my guest today is Donna Quach. Donna is a psychotherapist and an Army Medical Officer veteran. She is the founder of the nonprofit You Matter Not Alone Prevention Charity, Suicide Prevention Charity. Uh, after knowing that the students in the, uh, the local high schools in Burbank were committing suicide monthly, she, along with her team, founded you Matter Not Alone, to support the cause and bring more education to mental health. The establishment's main mission is dedicated to suicide prevention, mental health awareness, and human advocacy work all around the world. Donna, with her clinical team and mental health advocates, travel to schools, military bases, and public events to bring awareness and educate on the importance of taking care of our mental health and suicide prevention. Donna, welcome to the show. I am so glad you are here. Thank you, Harut. You know, thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. And anytime that I get to talk about my charity and what we do, you know, for the community and also globally, you know, I mean, it's I, I'm I'm always you know happy to do so. Well, I cannot tell you uh, enough how uh, an important project and endeavor you have here. Uh, but first of all, I want to thank you for your service. Uh, and uh, where were you stationed? I was stationed down in San Diego at the 7452 um, Medical Battalion. And so what, what, what my role for the past nine years, I just got out last year. And so um, right after um, COVID ending. And so um, my role pretty much was a medical officer. And I did a lot of planning, you know, setting up um, hospitals, you know, training medical staff to get them ready to be deployed um, just all over the world, the Middle East mostly. And so that they can be equipped out in the Middle East to set up you know, the hospitals and to be able to do what they do. We also deploy doctors and surgeons and things like that. And the main goal is you know, to train them and so that they can be deployed and to save lives. That is great. Um, so the, the, the nonprofit organization, You Matter Not Alone, you founded or founded it when you were in the military still? Yes, I was. I founded it in 2018. And so I'm, you know, my civilian job is a, a psychotherapist, a mental health therapist. And, you know, I do a lot of individual, um, family, and couples. And my specialty is trauma based, um, you know, and, and dealing with PTSD. So we work also a lot with veterans, mainly because I, you know, I do have my military background. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, it was founded in 2018, you know, due to the high number of teens who are coming into our office and talking about suicide. And then also at the local schools where they were actually committing suicide. Suicide is the, you know, the 10th leading cause of death, uh, you know, um, as young as 10 years old and the rate continues to climb. Our military, you know, within the last year, you, you hear about 22 commit suicide a day. For veterans, that's not the case. It's about 35 plus now, especially during COVID, and that's, that's per day. That's amazing. I was going to ask you that. Like some of the stats I read, uh, and this is this is what we know. I wonder how much there's still out there that we're not aware of, right? That, like you yeah. said, right now, 
the reported number is uh, 20, 20, you said? 22. 22, but the thing is that, you know, I mean, but due to COVID last year has jumped yeah. to 35. There's an increase of 20% of suicide with our veterans. And those are just reported. We yeah. don't know the exact number with the active, you know, duty side too as well. So, you know, again, you know, our military, you know, has a very high, you know, suicide rate and mainly because of, you know, deployment and returning back and isolating themselves and being having difficulties transitioning. Um, so I see a lot of that. And then also, you know, in, in just our community, you know, I mean, suicide is an epidemic. It's, you know, it's, it, it, it's not going to end, you know, our charity here is we're fully aware that we can never end suicide. But our hope is to provide awareness and prevention and to educate people on mental health before it gets to that point where they want to take their own lives. So why, why in your, I mean, I have a list of questions prepared, but now you're taking me off my, uh, <laughs> my sequence a little bit based on what you were saying. And I wanted to ask you, why do you think um, there is such an unmet need? Uh, because I read a couple of places that uh, this, this, this challenge is, is increasing, right? It is increasing year by year, even before COVID, it was increasing. Uh, why do you think there is, uh, is it ignorance or is it uh, being I, unaware? I well, I think ignorance and also stigma, you know, I mean, uh, mental health, it's, it's gone better, but there's still that stigma that if you go seek a therapist that you're crazy yeah. or something's wrong with you, you know, and especially when you're, uh, you know, on medication, you know, you, you belong in a psychiatric place, that's for crazy people, you know. Um, so again, you know, I would say ignorance. Um, I would say um, the other one is stigma. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, financial stigma, you know, I mean, therapy is not a, um, a cheap thing. Um, you know, if you have health insurance, yeah. But again, really good, you know, mental health care, you know, does cost money. And so there's also financial restraint from people too. And then also, you know, um, as far as just not believing in therapy and that is working, you know, that is effective and that, you know, that we need mental health care. Mm -hmm. And um, in your experience, uh, so you have both military experience with the mental health issues and uh, civilian experience with mental health issues. Yes. Uh, so do these people realize or acknowledge that they have these uh, mental health problems or uh, they, they can be in denial sometimes? Is, well, does that happen? Yes, that is. That is very normal to be in denial. You know, it, it's very difficult for people to work on themselves. And so, you know, I mean, if we're talking about the civilian world, I mean, you know, someone who has a drinking problem, I think it is very normal for someone to be in denial until they hit rock bottom, whatever rock bottom looks like, or if they, they have depression or they have anxiety, you know, it's, they are, it's, um, it's kind of that ego, you know, where it's like, you know, I can't really ask for help because it's going to be a sign of weakness, yeah. especially mental health. And so, especially more so with men, you know, they, they hold things in silence. And a lot of times it gets to a point where, you know, they can't, you know, um, they can't suppress it any longer. And then they end up committing suicide. So in your, in your opinion and your expert uh, opinion, what do you think should be done or, or how should you appro approach someone that is 
in, in denial, but you are seeing the evidence that there's definitely a, a, a mental uh, health issue in this person. How do you approach it? Uh, how do you, I guess, sometimes rock bottom could be suicide, right? Uh, so how do you prevent that person to reaching that rock bottom? Well, I think just using leverage, you know, uh, any leverage that we can use to really get them, you know, I mean, get them to receive the help that they need, um, you know, using their children, you know, I mean, reminding them that if they can't think for themselves, you know, if they're gone, you know, I mean, their children, you know, will definitely be, you know, left with their pain. Um, and also really just, uh, again, just helping them to know that, I mean, there is light at the end of the tunnel and that, you know, whatever obstacle they're experiencing that they can overcome. And mm -hmm. suicide is not the solution, but it is a problem. Yeah. So helping them to realize that. But we also work with individuals who are determined to commit suicide. And, you know, those individuals are very hard to reach because they are so in denial and they do not want to be helped. And ultimately, they do take their lives. But oftentimes, if we have early interventions and to bring awareness, you know, they are more likely and using their leverage, like their family, their children, you know, things around them to really give them some sense of hope then oftentimes, you know, we can reach them and we can provide them with the support that they need. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, but uh, so you mentioning using leverage and using family members and, you know, basically showing them how their situation is impacting their loved ones. Mm -hmm. the turning point in somebody's life right right but, but what if what if someone let's say doesn't have anyone right uh he was an orphan um and he's going through this kind of stuff and he's being dangerous for 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 himself and people around him uh, how do you approach that situation well, and like, yeah, like I said, early intervention is always the key here. And especially that's why, you know, my question with them, if I know that they're depressed or if they have some kind of mental illness, my first question is, do you have any support system? Mm -hmm. Because that's the key right there. You know, if they have some kind of support system, that's leverage. That's an advantage for us because we can use that to get them out of their, you know, their, their dark space momentarily and, and get them the help they need. But a lot of times when someone doesn't have a support system in denial and have a history of suicide attempts, um, you know, they have a higher risk of, you know, taking their own lives. And so, you know, I, yeah, the solution, I don't know if I'm, you know, maybe have the right answer, but the solution is early intervention. That's why it's the key for our charity, You Matter Not Alone, to be out there and providing interventions and providing awareness and providing prevention because the earlier we catch it and then establishing some kind of support system and getting them the help, mm -hmm. that is the, this, I really believe that that is the source in terms of helping preventing suicide. We can't cure suicide just like we can't cure um, cancer. Um, so, but the thing is there are treatment and there are early interventions and prevention that is absolutely of an utmost crucial. Got it. So, um... So how do you get in front of these people? Uh, if most of the time, if they're in denial, they're not going to come to you, right? They're not going to come say, "Hey, I have a problem here," which which would be great if they did. But mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, that's not the case. So how do you find these people? Are they referred to you by someone, or 
we, we, we teach individuals like you, Harut, where if you have a friend, you know, who is, that you notice signs of depression or mental illness mm -hmm. and to be aware and to be keen because you are kind of like their first aid pretty much. Yep. Obviously, yes. So if you have somebody who's in denial, has no support system, you know, that's going to be very difficult. But oftentimes, you know, uh, individuals who have mental illness, they do have at least one or two maybe distance friends or so forth, or maybe something that they are, you know, connected with. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, again, intervention and prevention is the key, not just only for individuals with mental illness, but for people like you and me to be aware of individuals who have mental health issues that could potentially be suicidal and to be able to know the symptoms, the characteristics and the behaviors of someone who, you know, might be on the verge of wanting to or have or having a plan of taking their own life. And we teach you, you know, we teach young kids, like if you have a friend who's talking about being sad or, you know, um, making jokes about suicide, then you need to ask, like, are you suicidal? Do you want to kill yourself? Mm -hmm. And it needs to be very clear, very black and white, because, you know, I mean, it's, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. So we teach the community, not just only individuals where we talk directly in front of them with mental illness. We talk, we talk to the community, we talk around the world, mm -hmm. you know, to people like you and I to educate you so that you can also be our corner eyes for these individuals and get them the help because there's only a few of us. We don't have all the manpower, right. but if I educate you and then you educate the next person and you teach your friends and families, then it's a ripple effect. Yeah, that's a different form of leverage that you're using to uh, yes. make people aware. Um, yes. So if, uh, let's say, uh, how, how do people uh, get in touch with you to say that, okay, I have someone here and one ha what happens next? Uh, how does your services uh, work? So we are very, you know, I mean, very broad on, you know, um, social media. And so a lot of times we do have individuals, friends or families that reach out to us or email to us or, you know, IM us or, or DM us on Instagram mm -hmm. and say that I have a friend who's, you know, wanting to commit suicide or is talking about this. So a lot of times we give them the 1-800 number, the 1-800 number suicide hotline. Or, you know, and or they often will reach out to us and say, hey, I'm suicidal. So we three way them. We'll 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 talk to them. And then we also call the suicide hotline and really get them connected with the service. So we are not a suicide hotline. We are just um, kind of like a bridge to connect them to, um, you know, the, the suicide hotline to get them the help that they need because they have more resources. And they actually have, um, you know, the pet team, you know, under their belt too as well. We can always call the pet team, the psychiatric emergency team to come in and pick them up. But they also are, you know, um, connected with the police department. So they can also, you know, if they need to, they need to, they can um, come over to the home and really, you know, I mean, if they need to, to kind of enforce their way in to really help somebody who's in, in need or, you know, at danger to themselves. Yeah, and um, so these people, so if, but I can't bring someone in against their will, right? Uh, let's say, uh, and I'm talking about someone my age, let's say 30 years old, or I'm not 30 years old, but you know, basically in adulthood, basically, uh, they're not, they're not, they're not in their teens uh, and they're not under a guardian. Um, and, but the friends and family are noticing that there's, you know, specific issues here. Uh, related to uh, mental health, 
Um, let's say I informed you, um, what happens next? Like this person is not willing. First of all, he's in denial and it's not willing to come in. So it's like, what, 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 the, what do we do? Family can, you know, it, you know, I mean, do a couple of things. They can put the, this individual, if they're an adult under conservatorship, but it needs to be proven that they're unsafe and that they're unable to really mentally take care of themselves. Mm. If they're a minor, then, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, the parent can put them into a rehab, you know, facility or treatment care um, to really get them to help. You know, I mean, sometimes it has to be against their will because they're a minor. Yeah. Um, so you can go, you know, different, depending on the age, um, an adult, you, I mean, you can bring the court in and put them on under conservator and force them to get the help if they're of greatly danger to themselves. And with it, with minors, um, unfortunately, you know, I mean, the, the parent, you know, or the guardian has the right to really enroll them in a treatment facility against their will if needed to. Uh, okay, these are valuable information. Uh, not a lot of people know these stuff, so I, I kind of wanted to ask uh, to see, you know, to, to provide the information for everyone who is listening. Uh, now, according to Mental Health America, youth mental uh, health is actually worsening. Even before COVID, the, the prevalence of mental health, uh, mental <laughs> illness among adults was, was increasing, like suicidal, uh, 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 suicide ideation uh, among adults is increasing. And there's still unmet need for mental health uh, treatment among uh, youth and adults. So how are we as Americans, uh, you know, should address this, this increasing challenge? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure what well, we talked about, I guess, a little bit uh, in, in uh, educating our environment, educating our community and raising, raising, the, raising the hand, raising the flag, saying there's a problem here. But... Uh, the, the fact is that there's still an unmet need. And what do you propose as someone who's been in this field for a while? What do you propose us doing things like? like oh, you know, for, for minors, you know, the parents needs to take more of an active role and not always lead the children, to, you know, to the electronics like, you know, tablets and iPads mm -hmm. and cell phones because that causes a lot of isolation and it prevents, you know, um, children, even also adult from socializing. And so the parents need to make sure that they monitor that and there's more needs to be more interaction. The other factor for adult, um, for children and, you know, for adults is also really, you know, um, being active, um, being with nature, exercising, making sure that they're eating adequately healthy, taking vitamins and so forth, um, having a support system, you know, socializing. Um, there was more mental health issues last year due to COVID because of, you know, I mean, of strict protocols and so forth. And I completely understand the logistics side, but there was, you know, I mean, but the outcome was that, you know, there was more depression, more anxiety, more domestic violence and more suicide because, you know, people were isolating more. There were more on the Internet, you know, more um, the kids were just on their iPads for entertainment because there wasn't anything to do. And so we saw an increase of, you know, again, you know, more mental health illness last year in COVID while everybody was on unemployment. Our mental health clinic, you know, I mean, triple, like could triple, you know, of clients and children coming in with suicide, you know, and, and we, there was an increase of DCF, um, CPS report 
of child abuse and, and domestic violence. So it's uh, the most important thing is to really kind of answer your question is really just making sure that the parents are providing more supervision to prevent isolation, which, you know, from children um, so that they, um, you know, they can socialize, they're interactive, they're more outside and also making sure that they're, you know, the kids are getting, you know, adequate um, dietary nutritional plan, getting adequate sleep, taking care of their, you know, their, their well-being. Adults, the same thing too, as well, making sure that they're connected to the community, making sure that they're reaching out. If they're, you know, if they're on medication, they need to take their medications. They need to make sure they're getting adequate sleep, um, checking in with their doctors and so forth. Um, if they need to go to therapy and to work on their mental health issues, then they need to go to therapy. That's uh, great. Thank you for, for, for your uh, expert advice. Um, now, how can people get in touch with you and your organization? Well, one of the things that they can reach out to us on you know, Instagram or on um, uh, Facebook, our Instagram link is you matter underscore not alone. And then on our Facebook, it's just you matter not alone um, suicide charity organization. Um, so again, we're pretty active on there. We post daily. Um, people do reach out to us weekly and we try to do the best we can to refer them to, you know, different resources to community-based agencies. We have a lot of network currently right now with our military. Um, we are um, fundraising for um, a battle buddy app that will allow um, you know, any veterans who are suicidal to press a button and it's going to connect them to one of us, their armed brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is where we will bridge them and, you know, talk to them and connect them with the suicide hotline, just because we know with the veteran community, they're not that likely to reach out, you know, to any strangers, but they will feel more comfortable with their armed brothers and sisters, you know, in case of a crisis or when they're in distress. So we're, we're doing everything we can. We're, in, we're going back into the high schools and we're talking to kids about stress management and about taking care of their mental health. So we're very much out there. We're connected with many nonprofits too as well. Our email is youmatternotalone at gmail.com. That's youmatternotalone at gmail.com. And, you know, you again, email us and we will, one of us will get back to you. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for all that information. Uh, folks listening to uh, this podcast, uh, please write that down. I, when I post this, I will include all that information as well. Um, I want to thank you, Donna, so much for your time with uh, Mobility and Inclusion. Uh, it was a pleasure having you with us today. Uh, thank you for everything that you're doing for this community, for, for our veterans, for our military. Um, please go visit youmatter-notalone.org. That's a uh, the, the foundation's uh, website uh, to know more about this uh, amazing organization. Uh, please seek help if you are experiencing suicidal thoughts at uh, 1-800-273-TALK. Uh, that's 1-800-273-TALK. Or if you're experiencing domestic abuse, call 1-800-799-7233. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, I am Harut Markarian and uh, this is Mobility and Inclusion. I'll see you next time with another guest. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.